Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Uh, We started off the week shaking the Monday morning blues with the Dutap group. And our relationship conversation was those little things women do that men quietly love. All right. Uh, asking for support. Yeah. You know, when we reach out and, you know, we say, you know, we need to can you help? Yeah, they love that. They love that. So the men said they love it. The women agree that they love it. And uh, hmm. we got stuck, everybody. We got stuck on this one right here. Texting him first. Now, Everybody admits that they enjoy the texting first. However, we got stuck (laughs) on what happens after that. (laughs) So you have the woman who texts first. You know, she reaches out, good morning, and you get crickets. So they weren't too happy about the and uh, Brother Al, oh, he got it started, I believe it was Brother Al, or maybe it was Pastor Taylor, either one of them, got started when they said, hey, what happens when we don't text like that? And, ooh, that started a whirlwind of comments, laughs conversation yeah because a point was made up hey you know or brought up 
that, hey, you know, you take back in the afternoon. So it's no longer morning. So does that good morning even apply anymore? Uh, we got the whole work day goes by and you haven't responded. And Pascal said, but I'm working. And oh my goodness. Boy. Uh, I go back and listen to see if maybe a point that you would have made or you thought of was made on Monday. Just might be. We didn't get any further than that. We got two. Two little things. So hopefully the next time we're at it, we can continue this conversation and make more progress. All right. All right. Yeah, it's Monday morning properly. <laughs> we didn't get that good tip from Chauncey. Uh, give God a return on his investment. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have to do something about that. You know, I guess, and it's funny because ever since she's been, you know, it's been a minute. It's been a minute for me. But it's like all week I've been seeing and hearing, um, you know, what we give God back for all that He gives us. Yeah, this you know it's 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 amazing. Excuse <coughs> me, how we give God pity. In comparison to all that he does for us, there's always excuse after excuse, explanation after explanation. And I'm trying to, I'm really trying to understand. Do you believe this yourself? Do you believe this nonsense yourself? God does so much, so much for us. And what we give God, I'm surprised God has not stopped giving. I'm so, I'm so surprised. Because we better be lucky that God ain't like man. Because if it was me, I, I'll be, I didn't stop a long time ago. Yeah, it, 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 it is amazing what God has to look at. You know, oh, I put my feet on the ground. I put my feet on the ground. Um, every day when I put, get out the bed, I give God thanks, you know, for my life. I give God thanks that I didn't see, you know, this side of the grave. And that's where it ends. That's where it ends. God doesn't deserve anything more. God, God doesn't deserve to get your life. God just deserves that when you swing your feet and put it on the floor, that's where it ends. And for those who think they're doing more than that, you're sadly mistaken. That's just the way those people are turning it. But a whole lot of people are turning and getting up in the morning, putting their feet on the floor, said they give God thanks for their life, and that's where it ends. Yeah. You know, I I really don't want to bust a whole lot of bubbles, but I promise you, this nonsense we doing? No. Nah. No. Nah. I'm sorry. 
I, I, I really don't want to, you know, and, and here's the thing. You know, I keep saying I don't want to know. I do know. And I think that's why it's just irritating me so much because I'm, I'm looking through the eyes. I'm seeing what God wants me to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what God is showing me. And that's what he has to do to us pastors. He has to show the way it looks to him so that we can relay how it looks. And I don't think enough people are picking up on this thing. So when Shanti said, you know, give God a return on his investment. And I've been saying for the longest time, thank you, God. Because that wasn't always a part of my prayer. You know, that was just like something that God gave me. Or the Lord, I would say, gave me. Thank you, God, for investing in us one more time. Because that's what God does. Each and every day, he just invests in us one more time. He does not wake us up to go to bed the way we went, the, the way we woke up. No, every day he's investing in us. And for those of us that listen to his due time with Pastor Steph, we're learning. Oh, I can't say we're learning, but we're hearing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of investing going on. And we've got to get to the point where we say, hey, you know what? It's not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really giving God back what I could. Because we, you, you can't be God giving. That just didn't happen. So, come on, people. Let's, 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 let's do better. Let's do better. And let's stop doing better one step at a time. Because we're so far behind that we'll never catch up if we go one step at a time. All right? Uh, well. Let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around. And we talked about the attorney who used to prosecute domestic violence cases. She used to go to the courts and, you know, get the order protections. And um, she used to help to, you know, put the mentally ill, you know, uh, in, you know, in the facility so that, you know, their victims could be safe. Well, unfortunately, she lost her life to domestic violence. And, you know, that sprouted a conversation. You know, can we as pastors, you know, can we as pastors be behind the pulpit and live the life of an abused individual and still be effective behind the pulpit. What are we teaching? What are we teaching if we're not living? And, you know, yes, we can, you know, God can use anything. God can, you know, speak to anyone, anything. We, we, we definitely understand that, but we're not talking about just being used. Again, going back to what I was just talking about, we're not talking about just being used. We're talking about being effectively used. And can we be effectively used if if we're being beat down mentally, 
emotionally, physically, spiritually? Can we do our jobs effectively? Or should we just take a hiatus so that God can deal with us, the perpetrator, our families, the ministry? Yeah. That's something to think about. And that's what we talked about on Tuesday. All righty. All righty. Well, wow. Wednesday rolls around and our girl Vivian got us started with the socially conscious segment. And uh, we talked about so much money, a billion dollars is going to be put into the health care of the mentally ill. Yes, more beds are going to be made available. Insurance coverage is going to be addressed. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Even the mentally ill children are going to be helped more than they're being helped now. And addiction is going to be addressed even more so under Governor Hochul's plan. So, you know, we're hoping that uh, we get to see some improvement in those areas because needless to say, we really need it. You know, we're suffering here uh, in the United States with the mentally ill and uh, we hope that now they can get the attention that they need so that they can begin to improve. Okay, well, what took up the biggest portion was uh, Eric Adams and his job regarding the homeless. Yes. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it it started with the people getting off that uh, bus. And now, you know, what are you going to do with these people? What are you going to do with these people? Well, unfortunately... When they got off the bus, all the hotel spaces, except for three, were taken. And they now had to be faced with going into the homeless shelter. Yeah. Well, now he's saying, well, you know what? We're going to take some of this unused property. This is is a real estate that's for the business sector. And we're going to give it to the residents. Yes. We're going to give this to these people. We're going to open up some contracts, hopefully get some jobs out of this thing. Yeah, well, it's long overdue. Let's see. Let's get this done. Eric Adams, let's get this done. All righty. Well, yesterday, Thursday. Uh, uh, uh. Thursday. Oh, boy. We talked about those Haitians. That a bum rushing the immigration office out there in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, because they're hoping to get their beautiful, bright, shining start over here in the United States. Yes, they're opening up 30,000 spaces somehow, some way, a month to people in Haiti, Nicaragua. Cuba and Venezuela. Now, where are we going to put all these people? We don't know. Where are we going to house all these people? We don't know. But all we know is 
there's been some negotiation and to the tune of us having to bear the brunt of these discussions. Okay? So uh, we know how it goes down. You don't know the secret conversations that are taking place uh, from border to border. Well, all we know is we have to endure it. So uh, let's get to praying, folks. Because uh, God can turn anything around if he chooses to. But uh, we're going to have to face some serious circumstances. Yeah. Because they're saying they're going to vet these people to make sure they're going to do background checks to make sure, you know, they are, I guess, on the up and up. But how many people slip through the cracks? Yes, these are some of the mentally ill people sliding on over here into the United States. Because mentally ill doesn't only belong to the United States you know, occupants. Um, we're going to get some of them criminals. Oh, absolutely. Everybody is not going to be checked. Listen, you got 30,000 people. You ain't checking like that. Because, see, again, we don't know the negotiations. So they might be pushing anybody over here. Yeah. These are countries that don't have anything to offer. They want to get rid of this stuff. Yes, their people is the stuff. They want to get rid of them too. So uh, we on this side trying to get rid of them. They on that side trying to get rid of them. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where do we go from here? So uh, that's how we spent our Thursday. Well, today is Freestyle Friday. And we get to do whatever we want to do. Well, what for the most is what we do. You know, today is Wednesday over here on the Street Town with Pastor Steph. And, uh, hmm, we got some stuff to talk about. Well, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's Street Town with Pastor Steph is on. And, uh, hmm, make sure you go nowhere because we'll be right back. It's been said that knowledge is power. So know this. You can prevent cervical cancer by getting screened. How's that for powerful? Take control of your health. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to a sweet time with Pastor Steph. And uh, it is Freestyle Friday. Yes, you get to do whatever it is we want to do. Men's Day. It's Men's Day, Men's Day, Men's Day. 
And uh, we're giving God thanks that he has decided to wake us up just one more again. And uh, he's investing in us one more again. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with that investment? Are we going to give God the proper return? Or are we just going to hand him any old day? All right? Got to figure that one out. Got to figure that out. All right? So what are we talking about today? Hmm. When you even get started? Well, hmm. let's see. No, I can't start there. Can't start there. That's a bigger story. All right. Well, there's a, you know, we talk about giving God a return on his investment, paying it forward, giving God thanks for what he's done for us. And um, there's a family who owns a Mexican restaurant. And they are really kind and compassionate and selfless people. And they have a reader board that reads, hungry, question mark, no money, question mark, we will feed you. And they mean it. They're not, that's not just a draw. Now, if you have, if you're hungry and you have no money, you can eat for free. That's what it says. Okay? Let me say that again. If you are hungry and you have no money, you can eat for free. That's what it says. Okay? Well, they stick to that. Now, there's only two clauses. There's a limited menu. So the whole menu is not rolled out for them each day. Um, but every day, if you come in and you're hungry, you can eat from this menu, this part of the menu, and you have to take it out. It has to be the go. Okay. Now I don't know about you all, but if I'm hungry and I have no money, that sounds like a deal to me because it doesn't say that it has to be like just you. It can be you, you and your husband or wife, you and your child, and you and your family. Well, we always got those individuals. Always got those individuals. Uh, so a family of four went into the restaurant and, and wanted to order from the, you know, from, from the free menu. Well, they wanted to order shrimp fajitas. Now, ain't nobody got to tell me that that surely ain't on the free menu, okay? So the father demanded that the worker ask the manager for an exception. And the manager denied the request. And the father continued to argue because he was angry now. And he's saying, you guys need to expand the option on this menu. This is what he told the employee. <clears throat> so despite the fact that they couldn't get the, um, 
you know, the, the menu that they ordered, the food from the menu that they ordered. They did order from the free side. And then they demanded a table. So the worker explained to them, you know, we're sorry, sir, but, you know, keep in mind that it's from a limited menu and you cannot dine in. You have to take it to go. Which, in my opinion, again, what am I complaining about? Well, he demanded that they get a table. The worker said no. So they, with the father leading the way, insisted that they wanted a table. So they sat down at a booth. Okay, so not only are you going to eat in here and you ain't supposed to eat and you're going to take up a booth. So here's what they did. They said, all right, you can stay there. But we're going to charge you for the food you eat. We don't even care if it was supposedly from the free menu. That free menu will become paid items and you're going to have to pay for eating here. So that's when they left and went home. (laughs) So when they got there... They gave the restaurant a one-star review. Yeah. One star. Because you couldn't do what you wanted to do. See, this, this, is, this is what we talk about giving God a return on his investment. Now, I'm going to be honest. As, as, as far as I'm concerned, they probably wasn't even hungry. They probably weren't really hungry. They probably had food in their house. They probably had money, and they, the father, they probably went up in there to my, let me see what, you know, what, how, how real this is. Let's see how true it is that they stick to this. Yeah, I can guarantee you, they wasn't, they, they, they really weren't hungry. Not like that. Because when you hungry, you hungry. And I'm sure this is a Mexican restaurant. I'm sure that there were things on the, you know, on the menu that were quite appetizing and, you know, was nothing to say, you know, well, can, you know, can I have this from the, you know, from the uh, menu? Thank you very much. We'll see you another day. Nah. Only people like this who got money. Nah. Nah. They, they, they not. They not hungry. And they ain't broke. No. They just nasty. They just nasty. Well, guess what? That's what we do to God. Oh, did I just say that? Oh, that's what they do to God. That's what people do to God. God says, "Here's what you have." Isn't that the way it got started in the Garden of Eden? Oh, shucks now. Whoa, that one just hit me. Slam dunk. Yeah, that one just hit me. Ain't that the way we do, God? God says, you can have this over here. Don't touch that. That is not for you. But we just insist on going in the direction and messing around. And just, that's why, this is why we stuck the way we are as people in this world. We don't do God any different than this family just did this restaurant and these owners. All that the owners were offering them. They didn't have to offer you anything. 
nothing. You would that uh, that that um, restaurant could operate like any other restaurant. You come through these doors. If you want something to eat, we'll feed you, but you're gonna have to pay. You could die, but you're gonna have to pay. But that wasn't good enough. We had to go push the envelope, and that's what we do to God all the time. Man, oh man, oh man. Uh, what else are we gonna talk about today? All right. So, another slip through the crack, and um, somebody needs to pay for this one again. So, there's a 26 year old Connecticut man. He's been arrested for allegedly killing his two year old son and burying him in a park. Okay, in a park. In a park, not in the backyard, in a park. So what, what happens in the park? The dogs go walking by and, you know, they start digging up because they smell something. So this is what's supposed to happen to the little boy as far as the father was concerned. So this Edgar Gomez has a history of child abuse, and he's a convicted felon. And the family members reported a possible kidnapping and harm to a child, which prompted the police to search the park. Now, I don't know why, you know, what he had said or what happened that they went to the park. But at the park, the cops did find a pile of fresh dirt. And under that dirt was the little body of Liam and... They went after the father. Somehow they put a, I guess, you know, an all-points bulletin out for, you know, this, this this Gomez guy. And he was pulled over in a taxi um, around 1.30 in the morning. And they said, according to the prosecutors, this Gomez had held the boy's mother captive for four days at gunpoint. And maybe that's when he told about the park. I don't know. But they charged him with violating parole with murder charges pending. And he's being held on $3 million bail. Now, with the name Gomez, I doubt it's going to be able to make this bail. <laughs> but here's the reason why. Despite the fact that this is not new news, why I brought this news, because again, like I said, somebody slipped through the, something slipped through the cracks. Poor little Liam slipped through the cracks because in August of 21, when Liam was eight months old, this Gomez was arrested for breaking his arm, for breaking little Liam's arm. He served 60 days in prison as a part of a plea deal and was given three years probation. What in the world were they thinking? He broke the little boy's arm. He broke his arm. And this was his son. I 
can't imagine being on a bench in a courtroom hearing that you, a grown man, broke the your son's arm. And what kind of deal could you possibly make that somebody would give you two months in jail for breaking a I mean, he was eight months old. He's innocent. He couldn't have done anything. And you broke his arm, and I'm going to give you a plea deal. Well, now, plea deal this. He's dead. Not only is he dead, but now he's buried. All of this was intentional. Somebody needs to start going to jail when children and adults, these victims have been victimized already. The writing is on the wall. They have perpetuated a behavior that is continual. And you, oh my God, I couldn't believe when I, I was like, really? You sitting on it, Your Honor, you know, he broke little Liam's arm, and he brings the gavel down and says, hey, all right, six months in prison, what plea deal? What plea deal? What plea? And three years probation. So Liam, how old was little Liam? Two years old. So it took Liam from eight months old with a broken arm another set of how many months before he was now dead? Did anybody think of the pain little Liam felt when he broke his arm? That alone needs to give you years. Just for inflicting that kind of pain on this baby. Now we're going to get to the fact that you did it. And you had no reason to do it. Yeah. Somebody start, needs to start going to jail. Somebody needs to start going to jail. Because this, this here, this, this, this is too much. This is way too much. It's, it's everybody's dropping the ball. Everybody's dropping the ball. These children, it's a war against our children. And we need to figure out how we're going to help these children as parents. Because we don't know what, you know, the, the mother seems to be a victim too. But see, my question is, you broke my child's arm at eight months. We ain't going to be sitting around waiting for you to do anything else. We would have been gone. So, yes, we don't know the circumstances or whatever. But, listen, if he managed to hold her for four days or how many days at gunpoint, I don't know if she was gone. I don't know if he found her, if she left. I don't know what happened. But i tell you one thing. I wouldn't be around. I wouldn't be around. I wouldn't be around. No, no, that's that's just a little too much for Stephanie. A little too much. <clears throat> All right, what else are we talking about? What else are we talking about here? Ah, oh, we have this other story, and you know, just again to warn you, men, be careful. Be careful. You know this guy. Uh, going to the gym, going to the Planet Fitness gym out in Houston. And uh, he had just gotten finished working out, so this must be his thing. 20 years old. Well, four women, after he left in the parking lot, they approached him for a ride. Now, 
I'm sorry. If you, if four of you, I don't care about the being a woman. If four of you approach me for the ride, I'm going to start hollering. Yes. <laughs> I'm yelling. I'm yelling. I'm yelling. You couldn't be looking for me, a single person. I don't even care if it was four women and I was, uh, and I'm a woman. Nah. Mm-mm. Help, help, help. I'd be yelling. I'd already be yelling. I'd already be yelling. I'd already be yelling. They try to figure out what was wrong with me. They'd have to shoot me or something. Or they'd have to gag me. No. I'm not accepting. I'm not accepting no money. No, you couldn't do enough for me to let four people get in my car. Well, they piled in. And we started driving them to their destination. And uh, what he didn't know was that there were two all men awaiting at the end of the ride. See? Which is the first thing I thought. I said, now, this is a setup of some kind. And sure enough, when he reached the location, one of the women quickly bailed. And um, two gunmen approached. One walked up to the trunk. And the other opened the, 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 the driver's side. And uh, he stepped on the gas. He did step on the gas, but they opened fire, and he ended up um, getting hit with the bullet in his abdomen. So he came to a stop, and um, they say another woman who was still in the car grabbed his keys and ran. And uh, he's expected to survive, but the, the four women and the two gunmen, they they have not been found, or at least as of this posting, they have not been found. See why I said I would have been yelling? Nah. Because, I mean, so you don't know what they said. You don't know if they posed any threat, but you didn't just got finished working out at the gym. And, uh, <sighs> he agreed to give them the ride. They didn't force him. Why wouldn't you think that there was something on the other side of that ride? Or something during the ride? You mean to tell me between the four of y'all, y'all couldn't get together and, and get an Uber? Y'all couldn't get together and get on a bus? Y'all could walk, get on a train, find another cab? I don't care what you did. But my call would not be an option. They would have had to carjack me. I ain't lying. Because I ain't getting it. I ain't driving. Y'all, somebody in there? Y'all take the keys, y'all. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, because nothing about that sounded safe. Nothing. And to only hear and read, rather, that this was something he willingly did. Now, maybe he did it because he was scared. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When they knew anything, I would have been pulled up in front of the two yeah, they would have had to beat me or something. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. No, and look what happened. He ends up being shot in the stomach. Because here's my thing. If you wanted to just carjack him, you wouldn't have to drive him to no two gunmen. Take the car. Listen, you didn't have to even, he, you didn't have to snatch him out the car. You are four women. He's 20 years old. He ain't weighing but so much. Take him, push him to the side, take the car keys. And go ahead about your business. But what were you planning on doing to this man 
when he got to the destination that he needed four of you to, to, to sway him to, to get in the car and take y'all the way y'all needed to be and then two gunmen on the other end of the trip. I don't know. I don't know. It's just this past the steps. Crazy way of thinking. Just my crazy way of thinking. This, I, I don't know. Like I said, there's too much going on out here. It, it makes me too nervous. I can't imagine, you know, being uh, outside and somebody woke up on me. Can't. All right, so here's the story of the morning um, that I want to talk about. Because it kind of continues our story of, you know, our couple of stories during the week. So they say the U.S. stopped hundreds from fleeing Cuba and Haiti by sea. And they have returned them to their country. So the Coast Guard in Miami, they say returns another 177 Cuban immigrants who were caught um, coming off the, the, the island in Florida, going on to the island in Florida, while a group of about two dozen Haitians swam onto Miami. So they say the Cuban immigrants or the migrants. They were all intercepted, um, and they were held and returned back by the Coast Guard. And they've been doing this on a regular. Now, they say 25 nations who had traveled by sailboat. Are oh, they so determined to get here? You gonna come here by sailboat? Lord have mercy. Uh, now remember yesterday, the lady said that you know yes she wants to come. She has a child. She wants to bring a child, but she's not willing to come by boat because a lot of them aren't making it. Well, twenty five of them did, and when they got to a certain point, they swam ashore. And this took place in downtown Miami. And they were taken custody they were taken into custody by the Customs and Border Protection. Now, here's the reason why and one of the reasons why I brought this story up this morning. They say some good Samaritans along the island who were just simply beach goers. They helped the Haitians to get on the island when they thought it was coming here illegally. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You literally saw these people coming. And I'm going to say to you, okay, come on, let me give you a hand. Oh, my Lord. Well, another couple of dozen um, migrants were still on a boat, and they captured them as well, and they are being returned to their home countries. 
So here's the deal. They're saying that they are really cracking down on on the border control because they have worked out this deal, as we know. They've worked out this, you know, um, deal to get you over here under this 30,000 people per month. So you're just going to have to wait your turn, and you're going to have to come here legally. They're not accepting. They're really going to crack. They're really cracking down on the ones who are coming here illegally because they're saying, well, listen, if all of these people, you know, in Haiti and Cuba and Nicaragua and Venezuela arrive legally, we can't let, excuse me, we can't let you come here illegally. So anybody they catch, they are, there ain't no questions asked. They are sending them back. So they say that if you're caught trying to come over here illegally, you will automatically be um, ineligible for the new program. <laughs> now, at 30,000, from what is that, five countries? Even uh, three or four countries, four, four countries. At 30,000 a month, you just may have a better chance of getting it. 30000 a month. So, thousands a month are coming here. Now, maybe you can't get what, you know, your, your proper credentials and all of that kind of stuff. But if you take the chance to come here and you're caught and they really stick to this rule, you ain't going to be able to come back over here. So, you'd be the messed up your chances. So they're saying, please don't put your life at risk by taking the seed when you don't have to. Please do not, you know, possibly ruin your chances of coming over here if you don't have to. So the only thing I could think of is, you know, you got to get paper. And if you got to get all your ducks in a row, then chances are you don't really have the means of getting these documents. And uh, you'd rather take the chance and come over here. So they said since October 1st of 22, 4,900 Cubans um, have been intercepted alone. 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 So we don't know how many have gotten over here. Um, we don't know how many Haitians have gotten over here. We don't know how many of those Nicaraguans have gotten here. We don't know how many Venezuelans have gotten here. We don't know nothing. All we know is what you turn back. Because I'm sure they're getting quite, quite creative as to how they get into the United States. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we gonna do. Um, but you know, I I don't even know if we have our men on. But I don't even know if uh 
if they've caught any of our stories. Hold on, let's see if Brother Al caught a story or two. Let's see. Good morning, Brother Al. Good morning, good morning. How you doing? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. It's Friday. The good Lord didn't tap me on the shoulder and say, get up and go handle your business. So I'm I'm doing great. Wonderful. Did you hear any of our stories, Brother Al? Brother, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was, uh, no, I didn't get to hear too much of it. I, I logged on, but then I had to see some of these kids real quick, so I didn't get to catch, catch it. All right, all So here's what we're gonna do. So we're going to go into our main topic today. And uh, well, no, before we get there, I want to give both of you a story along with our listeners. And this is some kind of story. So here in New York, you have a female firefighter who is now suing because she was attacked at a birthday party that she attended at the, at the firehouse in the bathroom. She was raped, and um, this is what her claim is, is that she was raped, and um, so here's how the story goes. So, this female firefighter um, is accusing two men in particular. One is a regular firefighter, and the other one is the captain of the firehouse. And what she says happened is this. I want to try to get to the to the, to the part of the story where it gets interesting. Because she's not telling the story. She told the story and now her attorney is speaking is speaking for her. So they were having a birthday party for one of the two men. And so she got there, and she said she was immediately served and continuously overserved with multiple alcoholic drinks by the captain. Now, they both encouraged her to knock back various different liquors, including Malibu rum and a spirit-filled black death. Name, that's the name of the drink. And um, she says that they had been previously warned that male firefighters in this particular area um, were known for getting women intoxicated on a regular. This is how she tells the story. Okay? So... The captain is her direct supervisor. And she's saying they had a premeditated plan to get her drunk and to sexually assault her. And she says throughout the evening, while she was seated at the bar, 
in the fire station's company room that the captain kept his hand on her thigh and continually leaned into her. As the night wore on, she says that he kept making, the other one kept making lewd comments to her. At about 2 o'clock in the morning, she said she heard the co-worker one say to the captain that they were going to wet her like a sponge. And the co-worker shut down the party and told everyone to leave. That's when she said she began to realize that the two of them had intended to sexually assault her in her intoxicated state. And she would not be able to like defend herself. So when the firehouse cleared out, she found herself alone at the on-site bar with the two of them. And that's when the captain allegedly started to force himself upon her, kissing her against her will. Now, he kept saying to her, Captain, come on. He kept repeating, trapping her between him to leave. And as she struggled to get away, um, they told her that there were no security cameras in that part of the firehouse. And the captain asked her, do you want to see my big thing? But like that. He said thing. He said the thing. Okay? Now, the coworker one says, we know you like it. And then he reminded her that it was the captain's birthday, and she was going to be his present. Now, she says she's still trapped between the two of them, who were clearly sexually aroused. So she said she began to slip in and out of consciousness, and after eventually blacking out, she came to in the firehouse bathroom, and she said with the door locked, the two of them removed her clothes before the co-worker bent her over the sink and raped her, unprotected, and without consent. At the same time, the captain supposedly forced her to have oral sex with, or give him oral sex with how you ever say it. I don't understand what digitally penetrated the woman against her will means, but that's what she claims. So the co-worker eventually left, leaving the captain to continue to attack her he was choking her in the firehouse, um, and she claims that where he, clo- he choked her in the officer's room, he raped her there too. So when she got home at about 4 o'clock in the morning, she says she got a text from the co-worker who said this was a um, – well, they said this is a clear admission of what happened – but his text said something about keep it keep it to yourself. I'm trying to find because they didn't put that someplace else in the article. Um, you know, keep oh had fun last night. 
um, remember that's between you and me and Joe only forever. Now, what a dope he is because now you didn't put this <sighs> dumb criminal because right now it's your word against her word, y'all word against her word. And now you go put that in writing. You know what? Well, now this has been paired with some issues because they're saying that last year an assistant fire chief in Utah was sentenced to prison after he pled guilty to raping a female firefighter. And they're saying that in West Virginia, um, a firefighter was investigated for accusations of raping an underage girl in the firehouse. And after um, the investigation, he received a 14-year sentence. They're going back to 2018. So there's now all, in other words, all it's all spilling out now. Now, as bad as this particular story is, and I'm going to leave it to my men to talk about this because this is bad. This is this is a bad one here. You know, unfortunately, this ain't an open and shut case for several reasons. But, you know, it's it, they're saying that firemen are very brutish, that it's messed up um, for them because there's an open rule across the board, regardless of what state you're in, Firehouses are not allowed to have alcoholic drinks. And one of the, I guess, the big head honchos brought up a very interesting point. And they were like, well, why would you have, you know, a, a, a firehouse with all this alcohol in it? Because what happens when there's an emergency? Everybody going out on on the on the on the on the run drunk. It's not like a, a a police station, and so this is not the first time that this has happened. And now again, all of it is spilling out. So, brother Al, there's a lot of problem here, and I said it just like that. Problem here. Why? Okay, maybe Brother Al is, is uh Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. I had to mute button on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Um then what was your question? What was your question? I'm so sorry. I heard I heard the story, but I didn't hear your question. What 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 where are their whole problems here? There's several problems going on in this story. What's the problem? Oh yeah, there's a ton of problems going on there. You know, it's bad that this did happen, but this woman knew the history. She heard that what they do, and she heard that they get the women drunk and do this and that, and she allowed, she put herself in a bad situation. So now you go to this party. First of all, you know the rule is there's no alcohol there. So you go to this party, all right? The captain already pushed up on you, rubbing your thigh. You should have left there, but no, you stayed, and then you went and you started drinking when you know what they do. 
Now, what they did was definitely bad. And see, some females don't realize, like, that works against you, too. Because the, 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 um, the defense lawyer, I mean, the prosecutor, going to eat that up. Okay, if you knew what they did, why you went? When he touched your leg, why didn't you leave? Did you want this to happen? Just like when a rape victim, these prosecutors make the woman look like she's loose, like she's out in the street. So you knew all this was going on. So why did you continue to, why did you continue to stay and go there? And on top of that, like you said, they had several parties. This didn't happen several times. Nobody else had reported this. Especially when you're not supposed to have alcohol, so nobody said nothing. Ah. I want you to stop. All I want you to do is focus on the woman's side. Anything else you want to talk about on the woman's side? I, I just think that she should have left. She shouldn't have, first of all, she shouldn't have never been there, and she should have left. All righty. Thank you, Brother Al. Oh, Pastor KL, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. Oh, we. this is a big story here. We're talking about on the side of the woman. Why is there a problem here? Well, I mean, I'll a, a couple of things. One of the things that, that you alluded to is that this fire station was known for their recklessness. You know, and so so you knew that. In fact, you stated that. So when when you saw yourself in, in a precarious situation, you should have gotten out of that knowing the information you already had. So when he put his hands on your thigh or when they was talking, you know, the gibberish, you should have known at that point, this is not a good look for me. It's time for me to go. You know, and if you know that, that they often... Um, got people drunk. Why are you at the bar sipping with two men if you know that that has been the M.O., you know, previously? So I, I think, you know, and, and not that it was right or what happened, but I think you put yourself in, in, a, in a big um, place of that as well. You take, you take a lot of, of, of accountability for that as well. You knew what has happened. You've heard stories. So why put yourself in another story? Is this, is this just another chapter in their lives? Uh, all right, now. Okay, Brother Al, why is this a problem for the men? Are you talking to I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry, I was going to run to the doors over there to the North <laughs> Why is this a problem for the men? Because they're, they're like predators. It's, it's a problem for them because because you had this plan. It, this ain't your first rodeo with it. They, they said that this is what you do. The word on the word on the street is this is what y'all do. You know, y'all get these women drunk and you do it. So this this you know that's the uh, they punish. All righty. All right, Pastor KL, what, what, what's, what's going wrong on the male side here? The male side, first of all, you're unprofessional. You know, that, that, that's first and foremost, that you're, you're unprofessional uh, at the workplace. Um, you're, you're a hooligan. Um, you're, you're a predator. You know, all, all of these things, it, it, it's a problem. 
And then not only that, but Poker Spirit is an idiot. Because he, he after that, he's sending you a love note. Please keep this to ourselves, between us. I mean, so you, you're not even a bright criminal. You know what I mean? And, and then as a captain, you're picking people who are not bright, that can't even cover you. So, I mean, all, all together, you're not bright. Uh, you know, there, there, there's several issues, um, you know, like you two have spoken about. And, you know, always the first, the first question is always on you as a woman. You know, why? If you started off by saying when you were sitting at the bar, the whole time you were sitting at the bar, he had his hand on your, on your thigh. And he was saying, you know, inappropriate things, just like you men have said. Why would you say? Why would you say? Here's another question that I had. When they say that the co-worker one cleared the place out, how does everybody leave? And nobody pays attention to the fact that she's still there. How do I let everybody else leave and I'm the only one there? So it's, it's, you, you just, it's, it's just, this, this, this is a mess. This is an absolute mess. That part really caught my attention. She was aware of the fact that they were leaving a body there. Now, you two always talk about, um, you know, how men are savvy with the things that they do and, and what they say. How could you possibly, you, your co-conspirator, as you have said, Pastor Kale, is they, he's clearing out the room. He's telling everybody they got to go. What? Are they saying to you, what are y'all saying to the woman, Brother Al, that makes her stay even though everybody else is leaving? They they probably went to, you know, she already had a couple of drinks. So they, they probably went into the mode of, hey, you going to leave already? Come on. We ain't finished yet. Let's finish partying. Let them go. They nerds. They going home. We ain't finished yet. So let's, let's chill out. Where you, where you going? And, you know, and she decided to stay. So I'll be the person who cleared the room, saw what was going on. Like, you know what? Let me get these people out here for some wrong stuff going out. And she decided to stay. So it makes you wonder, did you want to stay? All right. Now, the one who cleared out the room was one of the two individuals she's complaining about. This is the co-worker one. That's why I keep saying that. Because <laughs> there's the captain who is her direct report. And there's the co-worker who's there. So he shuts the party down and tells everyone to leave. Now, if he did this out loud, everybody get out the party, party's over. Y'all start, y'all believe us. You start packing up your stuff and everybody starts walking out the door. Everybody walking out the door and you sitting here. Or if he went in and quietly said, you know what, party's over. You know, everybody's kind of leaving. And then you see everybody else leave, so you get up and you leave. And you still there. Pastor KL, what is, what are they saying to her that she's watching everybody leave and she stays? What are you saying to her well, that well, gets okay. her to stay? Well, I don't think it gets her to stay. I, I think, as you said, the co-conspirator is, is, is the layman, so to speak. 
So the captain is talking to you. And the captain is saying, listen, wait a minute, wait a minute, Sally. You way gone. You, you, you really too far. I'm going to have Al drive you home because I'm worried about your safety. That's what the wow. captain said. That, that's what the captain oh. said. Mm. And as the captain, you're, 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 because you have so much, uh, I guess, trust because he's the captain, you're believing that. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. It makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, you know, unfortunately, these are the things that go on. Um, you know, and like both of you have said, you know, there was there. She had some kind of a warning because they had been talking about this was going on, and you really just ended up putting yourself in a bad light, and you know. How many women are in a firehouse? One, two, you know, so you ain't really got a whole lot of support there. It's you against the men, period. I'm not even talking about in this sexual part of it, but men, you know, we, we've been doing this a little bit. Brother Al, what are you going to say to women who find themselves in this particular situation? From the beginning, you know, he's got his hands on her thighs, all this kind of stuff, and as a man, how would you advise a woman to, you know, what should she do? Or shouldn't do? Okay. Or well, one of the things is women, what you shouldn't do is go to, go to that party. Um, Pastor Steph said it greatly, you know, there's not too many women in the fire department. There's not. So now you're there with a whole bunch of men. You heard what was going on, and you don't go. Don't put yourself in that predicament. And just to say, you say, okay, you know what? It can't happen to me or whatever. You got, you got there, and the captain put his hand on your thigh. So, okay, again, that means get up and go. So don't put yourself in, in, that, in that predicament. All righty. Thank you, Brother Al. Pastor K.L., um, talk to women in general. You know, Brother Al spoke to the, the, the women fighter, firefighters. Speak to the women in general. What would you tell them to help prevent something like this from happening? I, I would tell them that, you know, we read history, you know, for a reason. History tells us of someone else's experience. And any time it becomes history, it's true. So, so if you know there's history between a man that, that, that you're about to meet or between men that you're about to meet, then, then believe that history can repeat itself. And you can be part of that history. Also, there's no reason why a female, you know, no matter how good you think you look or no matter how much attention you want, should be sandwiched between two men. You know, they should not be up in your face. That, that should not be allowed. That, that, that does not uh, uh, declare what a woman looks like. That's not a good look. I don't care how flattered you are. That's not a good look. You know, and then for, for someone to have the option or the capability of just resting their hand on your lap and, and you think that's cute, again, that's not a good look for a woman. 
you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we get caught up because we in this woe is me syndrome and we just want to be liked. You know, we, we just want somebody to say that I'm pretty and, and someone to say, you know, give me compliments. But certain compliments, all compliments are not good compliments. Certain compliments would lead you down a wrong road. You know, and if you're not confident in yourself and you need somebody to validate you, then that's a problem. Move on. All right. Amen, my brothers. Amen. Thank you so much um, for that piece of advice, very good advice, Um, you know, for our women out there. You know, you're listening to the men speak. And um, be smart, ladies. Be smart. You know, it's just not, as Pastor KL said, a good look. And we don't want to find ourselves in those type of situations that we can't get out. All right? Okay. It's funny. You you had some verbiage that that takes us into our next, our main topic today. And, you know, they had this article where people are comparing and, and saying that there are things that men can do very freely, but women are judged for. And um, some of these things, I wasn't going to read everything. I was going to kind of, you know, pick and choose. But as you were talking, gentlemen, I was like, you know what? And I'm gonna pick your I'm gonna pick your brains, you know, for some of the smaller ones as well. Um, one of the first things they say: women are often judged if they shave their heads compared to men who do it. Why is that a big deal, um, uh, uh, brother Al? That women shave their head and they're being judged, or you know, as they say, judged. Um, when men do it all the time. Why is that a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal, but I, I believe that it's a big deal because, you know, it's, we're so used to women just having long hair or having some type of hair on their head, you know, and and then, you know, usually the women who, uh, you know, back in the day, women who had no hair, you know, they were dealing with cancer or something like that. But now it's becoming a fab of women like, okay, I'm tired of doing this hair. I'm cutting it off. So it, it, I, I believe they're being judged because people are not used to it. It's something that's not a norm to them. So they they judge okay. them for it. All righty. Pastor KL, why do you think there's such a big deal if women or when women shave their head when men do it all the time, such as the two of you? Yes, I, I don't, I don't, for me, it's not a big deal, but, but I would see how some men, two things, they would take it as, you know, it's a masculine look on a woman, and then they can't really tell what side of the fence you are, you know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't, so it becomes a, a hard read, if you will, so I think that's the problem. Okay, 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 okay. I can see. I can see the points. I can see the points. All right. They're saying when women argue and raise their voice, it's a huge issue. But when a man does it, he could be flying off the handle. You know, it's 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 okay. But women are considered emotional 
quote unquote, when when they're raising their voice and they're arguing. What you say, um, brother Al? Uh, I I don't know why they have an issue with that. Yelling is yelling. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get upset and we yell. Or you know, so I I I'm trying to figure out, as you were saying, I'm trying to figure out why why they saying this works when a woman does it. I, I I don't get that part. Okay, okay. But um, Pastor KL, you know, they claim the women, and it's been said on this broadcast that, you know, certain things that a woman does, she's emotional. But if you watch the man do it, he's not considered emotional. He's just considered angry. I, I, I think it depends on the kind of verbiage she's yelling. I mean, if she's cussing like a sailor, then you would think that's not ladylike. You know, even in your anger, you know, you don't want to hear a woman, you know, cuss. You know, because it's just not ladylike. It's just like, you know, I, I don't really particular like to see a woman drink. But to me, that as far as like I have a, have a beer can in their hand or a beer bottle in their hand, it's just not ladylike. You know, it, it, does, it doesn't represent you well. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right, ladies, listen. Have no fear. Holler back. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, because I got a couple, but I'm going to leave them alone at the moment. All right. Well, well you know what? I ain't going to leave you alone right now. What defines ladylike? That's what I want to know. What defines ladylike to uh, uh, Brother Al? What's ladylike? I, I, I think I, I don't like using the term because it's crazy to me, but I believe it is, so, you know, okay, a woman not cursing. Because I guess you look at women like, you know, uh, softening men. So, you know, the, the, the cursing like a sailor or or got a drink in their hand, you know, women don't do that. You know, sit down without crossing your legs. You're sitting there with your legs open like a man, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's just certain, certain attributes that. Um, women do, I guess they look at it like that's what men do. So why are you doing that? That's not ladylike. Okay. All right, Pastor Kale. What's ladylike? What what defines ladylike? What often when 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 even even when they say you know a damsel in distress, you, you look at somebody who's kind of dainty, you know, who's very reserved, who's, who's very very professional, if you will. You know, they're as well put together, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, a, a well-looked, you know, um, well-groomed. You know, all that is, 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 is ladylike. You know, you, you speak well. You know, stuff like that. that that's, that's, that's ladylike to me. You, you, don't, you don't want her, you know, again, with a 40 in her hand. That's, that's not ladylike. Or, or, or cussing better than me. That that's not ladylike. Now you don't you don't have to know every scripture in the Bible, you know. But there's just certain things that that you don't do, as as, as Al alluded to. You know, the sitting down and and and, and you need more leg room than me. You know, you, you, your your legs is wide open. That that's not that's not lady. I mean, and how many times our parents or our mothers will will, will, will tell our daughters, "Hey, close your legs, keep your legs crossed." You know, I mean, so so we we've grown up. 
at certain things that a, 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 a little girl that grows up into a woman does that a boy or a man can't do, or, I'm sorry, or shouldn't do. It's been defined as a, at, at a young age. Okay, okay, okay. All right, there's another point here that they're saying that women and men, there's a disparaging difference in the way people look at it. So they're saying that if a man decides that he wants to be like a permanent bachelor, you know, he waits, he wants to wait uh, till he's 45 or whatever, up in age to, you know, actually settle down, it's okay. But when a woman hasn't settled down earlier, in her 20s, maybe early 30s. Now, that's frowned upon. Why? Why, would, why? why is there a disparaging difference between a woman who just decides, you know, I'm, I don't want to settle down. I want to just live my life. I don't want a, a husband. I don't want children. You know, th- people will talk about that. But when a man does it, he don't want kids. He don't want a wife. He just wants to kind of float. You know, he both could have good jobs, both could have good careers, both could have good educations, you know, but when a woman has that mentality, it's always deemed negative. But if a man does, it's like raise the roof. Brother Al. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good one there. I would say that's more the women on that side. You know, men, though, I haven't really seen men. I've seen women go to other women. Oh, you ain't married yet? You know the time is ticking, right? You ain't you ain't you ain't uh, uh um settled down yet? Why? What's wrong with you? What are you doing that you ain't settled down yet? So it's more pressure from women the women's side than men, you know, tell us telling me telling me uh uh you know, getting at the women like that. Okay, okay, okay. So brother Al says that it's the women who are given putting the pressure on other women. What say you, Pastor KL? And and I I would totally agree with that because as you just said, you know men men won't settle down until they forty five. So we we we're hoping that 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 you're single and, and ain't settled down and ain't married. We we hoping you ain't got no kids because we ain't ready for that anyway. And then and then the, the other thing would be, you know, when when, when a little girl you know, grows up, it's not so much what I want to be when I grow up, is I want to have a, a picket fence. You know, you've already you've already designed your wedding, your wedding dress. I mean, from a little girl, you've already done this. So it's odd to see someone in their 45s or in their 50s who's not married, because this has been your plight since a young girl. Okay, okay, okay. All righty. Now they're saying, huh? okay, now I'm going to pass that one. I'm going to pass that one. All right. They're saying that, I'm going to change that one too. I don't like that one. All right. Women talking about their sexual activities. When a woman does it, it's like, oh, you know, how how she talk about what's going on? And with the men do it, it's, well, you know, again, you know, these are your, this is what you conquered and this is what you achieved and this is how you lay it down and all of that. 
Why do you think that is, Brother Al? Yeah, it's crazy. It's funny. I was just talking with some students about that. Um, it's, it's, I, I believe it's because women get more emotionally attached than a man. You know, we can go lay with this one, but okay, I got what I want. I'm out. Where a woman will get uh, attacked. And I mean, it should be the same because, hey, you're doing the same thing I'm doing. But then it comes back to like what we said about the ladylike thing. Hey, that's not ladylike for you out there to be speaking with this one and that one. And, you know, and as us as men, you know, honestly, we are trained to do that. You know, me and my brother was talking about that. And I was like, wow, when we looked at it, you know, we could go to our father and be like, yeah, dad, I got a couple of girls down here. You know, and it's cool. But let a daughter come say, yeah, dad, you know, I, I got a couple of guys I'm dating. You know, all hell get ready to bring me. <laughs> you know, so, um, again, like I said, it, women get more emotionally attacked than men. Men would be like, okay, I got what I got, I'm out. You know, when a woman, she get ready to, oh, you out? We're going to see where you're going to live because your house gets burned down. Or oh, I'm scratching up your car. All righty. Uh, Pastor K.L., What's the deal with that? Well, I, I mean, two different sides of it is that, you know, when a man does it, you know, most likely he's lying. And yeah. other men, we understand he lies. You know, and, 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 and we're, we're, we're bellow, bellowing, if you will. You know, when a woman does it, you know, she's down and does, yeah, he wasn't no good. I don't even know why I did it. It only lasts two minutes. Da, da, da. I mean, she she really <laughs> give, giving all all the information. And you know what? And she ain't lying. So it, it becomes more gaudy and more raunchy <laughs> with, with, with a woman than with a man. That's why. <laughs> okay, okay. She's more descriptive. Okay, okay. Right. All righty. Well, they're saying even shaving your body here. They say, you know, men walk around, their arms are hairy, and though the legs may be hairy, it's okay. But women, if your arms are hairy, if your underarms are hairy, if you haven't shaved them legs, you just, this monster. What about, what What you say, um, Brother Al? Okay, I might agree with that one. It's not attractive. You know what I'm saying? Okay, man, we got hairy legs, and we'll put some pants on. But this woman wearing the short shorts, the short dress. And you imagine that. She got on the short shorts, the short dress, and legs hairy. She, she could comb it with a comb. Like, it, it, it's not attractive, <laughs> you know? Or she got that afro on her arm. She go to hug you, and the, and the hair on her arm is tickling your ear. That's not attractive. <laughs> you need to get that up off there. <laughs> You know, so, <laughs> so, so you know, I think I think that's you know uh, very unattractive. Oh, don't let her have hair on her back. I always thought hair, men or women. I thought that was just so disgusting. But she got hair on her back. Man, I ain't even trying to talk to you. <laughs> All righty, I'll pass the KL. The shaving issue. I, I just got a problem when, when you have more facial hair than I do. You know, you got a beard and you got a, you know, you got a mustache, you know, and I know some, some folks, you know, some women, you know, have that issue, but there's too many things out there for it that, that, that you can get rid of it. You know, again, if I can do a cornrow, you know, with the hair under your arm, 
We got a problem. And 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 and, and then <laughs> you you want to wear a tank top. You know what I mean? At least with the men, you know, we we can wear stuff. You know, like 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 Al just said. You know, you you wearing a mini skirt and your legs are hairy. You want no one wants to date a Bigfoot. They they just don't want to do that. And and, and then it be the same people. Wait wait a minute. It be the same people with all this hair on their legs, all this hair on their arm, and they want to shave their head. Really? What? I mean, what are we doing there? What are we doing there? That makes no sense to me. To me, it don't make no sense. Oh my you know, goodness. so so I mean, and I know there's issues with alopecia and stuff like that, but you just have it in one area. <laughs> you know, what I mean, talk to me. What what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, that, no, no one wants to date a bigfoot. We we just don't want to do that. They got more hair on their face than they do on their head. Come on, that ain't gonna work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I got a beard. Come on, give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. All right, here's an interesting one. So they say when a a woman is, you know, sitting, you know, she's, let's say she worked late and she decides, you know, she wants to go and get something to eat, but she decides, you know what, I'm going to sit by myself, you know, I'm just going to sit and eat, you know, I don't want to eat in the house, I'm going to eat, you know, at the, you know, at a lounge, or I want to eat at a, at a restaurant, um, and maybe read my book, you're looked at as like a, as a maid, you know, what do they call it, old maid, but yet when a man does it, it's, it's no big deal, why is it that you look like something's wrong, like you can't get a man, you ain't got no friends, you lonely, if you should decide that I want to take this time to kind of eat by myself, I'm by myself. But when a man does it, there's no thought to it at all, Brother Al. Okay, so so again, I'm going to say that's on the women part. Because see, us as men, we see you sitting there by yourself and you reading your book or you that. We're taught to see how we can come over there and strike up a conversation with you. You know, okay, well, she ain't this pretty woman right there. She ain't with nobody. She by herself. How can I get over there and introduce myself? So, again, I think I believe that that's more pressure from the women's side. Like, why are you going out by yourself? There's so many women that's like, oh, I can't go out by myself. I can't go to the movies by myself. I can't do this and that. So they put that pressure on themselves. Just in their mind, like, I can't do that. Who does that? I'm not going to a movie by myself. Or I'm not going here by myself. So it's more the women putting the pressure on them. But us men, we sit back looking, how can I get over there and, and, and talk with you? You know, we're looking at the book you read. We're going to Google it real quick and, and, and scheme it over. Come on. Would you read that? That's a beautiful book. I, I love that book. You ain't, we ain't read nothing. We went and Googled it and, 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 and read the summary. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we're doing. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, Dr. KL, what are we talking about here? Well, I mean, for me, it's for both sides. If you go to a movie by yourself, go to dinner by yourself, yeah, I'm looking at you. You lonely. I'm not going to the movies by myself. I listen. I could be by myself. I rest my case. I'm not going to the movies by myself. 
I'm just I'm just not. I, I'm not going to eat by myself. If I got to eat by myself, I stay in the house and cook me my own dinner that I would have ate at the restaurant. You know, I'm I'm just not I'm I'm not going to do it. You know, I got a gadget in my house that I can watch every movie there is. So I'm gonna stay at the house and I'm just not going to be, you know, that that as you say, the old maid or the old man sitting out there, you know, by myself drinking a cup of soup. No, I'm not doing. But why? Why does that indicate that you're lonely? I don't understand why does that indicate you're lonely. I go to the movies by myself. I sure ain't lonely. Cause you're, I'll tell you Because you're, you, you, nah. you're lonely. Just admit it. You're lonely. You're happy with Jesus nah. alone. <laughs> I am far from being lonely But I, I actually like Time to myself So you know I I wouldn't mind going to a movie Or going out to eat Or you know going traveling I've traveled alone Has nothing to do with the fact that I'm being lonely So I, I'm like why does that? And I, and that that was one of the reasons why that was one that I picked because I was hoping to find some legitimate Listen, um, thought. I, I I've traveled alone, but when I got to the other side of my destination, never alone. I don't have to worry about that. Never alone. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 you know, you know, you, you know, you know, you know, Pastor Steph. One one of the things is again, the problem is people who don't do it, they'll look at us because I've done it. And, and you know, enjoy. Sometimes you just want to chill by yourself. But the people who feel that way, like, oh wow, I, I can't you know, they feel I can't do it, so nobody should be doing it. Or I I can't do it and if you're doing it, something is wrong with you. How about something may be wrong with you? How about you're not secure with yourself to be by yourself? Or you can't stand yourself to be with yourself. <laughs> I like the latter one, brother Al. Pastor KL can't even stand himself. That's why you don't want to stand himself. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That one fits here. I love. I think that. I, I love me. You don't love me. I love me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's, a, here's an interesting one. Here's an interesting one. And this comes with the last couple we had, actually. They talked about this. So they talk about work-related traveling. And they're saying that, you know, when a man does it, you know, he leaves his family, his children, you know, it's, you know, it's, oh, you know, that's part of the job. That's what you do. That's, you know, that's what he does. But when a woman does it and she has to leave her family Behind this is kind of frowned upon. What do you say, Brother? Okay, again, that's another one. Like, why is it okay for the man to do it? Okay, you you working in your job calls for you to travel. You know, I, I think men probably have a problem because she go to travel. Now you got to watch those bad kids. Now, <laughs> how you like that? How it feel now to watch her? I told little, I told you, little Johnny. Here was hard as a brick, but now you see for yourself. So, you know, <laughs> I told you you don't miss it, but you thought I was lying, didn't you? <laughs> so, I think 
think that may be one of the issues. Like, okay, you know, um, some men, they strong on, hey, I'm the breadwinner of the house. Wow, she's traveling to do this, and I'm home with the kids, got to wash the dishes and do house chores. Like, this this is not a man's job. A woman's supposed to be home. You know, some people will have still have that caveman mentality. Okay, okay. Uh, Pascal, what are we talking about here? Why is it fine for the man to go and leave the children, you know, at home, but when the woman does it, people got their eyebrows raised? Well, I think for for a man, it's his insecurity. You know, um, again, you know, for for a man to go out and do it, that's what we're supposed to do, so to speak, because we are the provider. And now when the woman does it, 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 she's obviously or could be making more money than me, bringing more money home, and, and then now I, I feel a certain kind of way. Not not only that, it's for the other one who now you you kind of uh, clipped my wings, so to speak, because my freedom is, is not as free as it used to be because now I'm stuck with these children. You know, I, I can't really go about my business like I used to, come in when I when I wanted to, because now I have to deal with real-life priorities. You know, children have to be fed. They have to be bathed. They have to get ready for school tomorrow. And now I'm the old hen in the house. I'm Mr. Mom. And so, some men are not signed up for that or are not equipped for that. Okay, they're okay. They're, 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 I, I already told Craig and them. No, <laughs> Without <laughs> coming to the pool hall, <laughs> yeah, and now you can't go. You can't, you, you can't take one of the kids on your on your hip and go to the strip club. <laughs> you know, you sure can. No, that ain't gonna work. Sure can't. Oh, you know, brother Al, I'll ask you. You know, is there something else that you can think of that's a disparaging difference? Um, between men and women, whether you agree or disagree, but you 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 see that you know they say, oh man, men can do it, but women can't. Okay, I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, I know some vice versa ones, but <laughs> uh, let me see here. Well, what what you got? Let me hear what you got. Well, one of the things. Uh, one of the things that well, that might be a little different. I'll say it. one of the things that that I I really do not like that phrase. I hate when women sit there. If a man does something, one of the first things come out of their mouth is he's not a real man. A real man don't do that. Uh, a, a real man to do this and do that. You know. And my thing is, if you get ten women and get them a piece of paper and tell them to write down what they think a real man is, you would get ten different answers. <laughs> You know, because it's basically just what you like. Some women say, okay, a real man, he pull out a chair for you, and he'll open a door for you. Well, another woman, that might not be important to her. So I, I, I always hate that when, when women feel that this is what a man's supposed to do. You know, like sometimes I tell I walk, I open it, hold the door open for a woman. She'll walk in and won't say nothing. And I had a woman say that. I was like, wow. I said, you at least said thank you. Well, a man's supposed to open the door for a woman. I was like, wow. I should let it close on your fingers then if you're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he literally told me that. 
Oh, I, I was like, you, you know, you're welcome. A man's mm-hmm. supposed to hold the door for you. Right. Or if a man don't open the car door for you, he ain't no real man. I just well, I like, wow. Well, why you can't open the door for me? <laughs> you know, but I guess that's the way women feel about this ladylike thing. You know, women right, right. put into, you know, a, 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 a box that if we don't do this, because think about it, that's the same way our ancestors, uh, you know, have told us that um, if he's a man, he's going to do this for you. If he's a man, he's going to do that for you. That, can't, that does not come from someone or in your peer group. That comes from right. someone above you, you know, who says, well, listen, a real man mm-hmm. pay the rent. You should not put your money out to pay the rent. And, you know, where we're living in a different you know, um, era now where people have to share the responsibility of paying the rent. But, you know, long on the day of you couldn't pay no rent because you didn't have the job. Your job was stay at home and keeping the kids. So that's why the mentality of real men pay the rent has even, you know, been burst. So I guess that's the same way women feel when, you know, even put in a box that if we do any, if we cuss, I've heard both of you say several times, well, if you cuss worse than me. So my thing is, is there a cuss book for men and a cuss book for women? Because, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. That's right. what I said here several times. You know, if you cuss worse than I right, you cuss right. like a sailor. So, you know, so the men had the sailor, the cuss sailor book, and the women had another book that she should be cussing from. So, you know, I guess maybe that's the right. same way people are put in, you know, ladies don't want to be put in a box, you know, with this, you know, well, this is what women do. But good point, good point, brother Al, good point. Good right. point. But, you, but you, I'm sorry, but you, you know what it is? I think it basically just boils down to what you like, you know what I'm saying? So if you don't like something, again, if you don't <laughs> like something, you start judging other people, you know what I'm saying? Like you say, okay, I don't like hairy women like that. Some guys like that. You know what I'm saying? So just because you don't like it don't mean that, okay, that's not what a woman's supposed to do. That's just something that you don't like. So move on. At the end of the day, that's what it is. But we go through this judging, as they call it. Uh, Good point, brother. Good point. Pastor KL, what's something that, you know, we have not mentioned that that, the – disparaging difference, you know, that some people feel and maybe you don't even care about, but that's a big deal to this world. I mean, I, I guess if you look at it, uh, you can look at uh, different occupations. You know, you, you should uh-huh. be a construction worker. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't care. You know, construction worker, that means you bring home some good money, but, you know, you shouldn't be a construction worker. Or, you know, uh, some folks don't believe you should be a police officer. Or, as we just heard in this story, a, a firefighter. You know, there, there's different occupations. You know, a boxer. You know, there, there, there's a plethora of stuff that, that you know, people think that it, it's, it's a man's job. I mean, for a long time, you know, when, when you heard of a, of a male nurse, you know, you kind of look back a little bit. You know what I mean? If the, if the male wasn't the doctor, you know, because nurses for a long time, sounded like a feminine word. You know, you wouldn't think of a, a man being a nurse. So there's different occupations that people turn away from or shy away from or, or even judge. 
Ah, good point. Good point. That is a big one. That is a big one. And like you said, when yeah. when 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 they said nurse, and the man showed up, you was like, wait a minute now. Mm, he must be a little fuzzy right. tootie. Yeah, you're right. You know, he might be a, a, a sugar foot. <laughs> Hey, 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 you know, Pastor Steph, and 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 reverse on that. It, it's just like what you said when you heard a nurse. Okay, you're looking for a woman and a man come in, but it was just like back in the days. I was a beauty consultant for Mary Kay, and when I used to go to do the little show and stuff like that, the first word came out of women's mouth. Oh, it's a guy. Is he gay? You know, <laughs> I had my friends laughing at me, but what stopped all the laughter? It's when I joined Mary Kay, because see, I knew better. I knew that women love to spend money. So that's why I got into it. And when I, my friends used to laugh, I'd be crack jokes. But my very first sale, I made $600. All the laughing stopped. I said, oh, now you want to be a consultant, right? No, get out of here. And you know and what? And, and I'm going to tell you, just, right. Since I was point, to Carol's point, Carol's point, I, I, um, you know, I, I work retail, and I do all the displays, and I do everything in the store, and, and ladies will come in and say, where's the woman who did all this stuff because I need some ideas for my house? And I'm like, hey, I'm the woman. What you need? I'll come to your house and make it and make it, whatever you want me to do. I am the woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, however it's going to pay the bills, I am the woman, baby. I am the woman. <laughs> exactly right. And actually, and actually Pastor Stephanie, it works in my favor. Because what I started doing, like I would have, I would call a female friend. I'd be like, listen, I need you to have your friends over. I'm going to come over, do some facials, show them some stuff. And I said, and because you're hosting, I'm going to give you some free stuff. And they was like, okay, cool. And I said, do me a favor. When you tell them, make sure you tell them it's a man doing it. And she didn't understand why I told her that because now the curiosity comes. Okay, a man is doing this? Okay, is he gay? What does he look like? So all that came into play. And they come piling in there, and I'm just selling stuff. And, and the product sold itself. So I just like, here, smell it, this lipstick. And they know a man going to be honest. You know, one woman put on some lipstick. I said, no, nah, that don't fit you. No, 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 let's try this color. Well, I was making a fortune. I was, wow. You think I wasn't going to drive my pink Cadillac? Man, if I ain't got that pink Cadillac, I'll roll down the street. <laughs> My head, the music, music on my head out the window. Yeah, I'm driving it. Guess what? But it's free and it's brand new. Oh my! Goodness gracious, man, you've done it again. We thank you so much for your valuable contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Weekend. You as well. You too. Have a blessed. Yes. Have a blessed weekend. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, our first full week. Um, in a few weeks because of the holiday season, and uh, let's take this time to hold hands and hold hearts. Heavenly Father God, we thank you. We thank you for a beautiful week. We thank you, God, for investing in us one more time, and God. I'm going to list up all of our listeners, dear Heavenly Father, all of the people who will um, come across this broadcast episode um, and uh, across our um, 
station. And Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm petitioning that they will not just be hearers but doers of your word. That they would understand and value the investment that you're making into their lives. That they would understand that you could have easily left us in darkness, but you have decided to bring us into your marvelous light. And what a blessing. What a blessing that you have given us so much time already. So much time already to just bask in your goodness. Bask in the fact that we have been given so much information and we have become so knowledgeable. But what are we doing with it? The best way to serve you, dear Heavenly Father, is to give you Everything, everything belongs to you, and we owe you everything. There's nothing we have any business to keep to ourselves. We ask you, God, to continue to use your due time crew, their experiences, um, their studying, what they've learned from you, what you give them individually. Give us individually, God, that we will continue to pour out whatever it is onto your people, God. And whether they know us personally or whether they don't, your word says, my sheep hear my voice. And we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to just turn up their hearing. Turn up their interest level. Let them, let them look in the mirror and and how they are failing you that you do expect more so much is given much is required you don't invest in us for us to hold back anything you don't invest in us for us to not give you back there's this, this, the story of the talents and we're trying to figure out why we're getting less and less and while we're doing less and less because what you've given to us, we haven't even done anything with. But for those of us who you, you multiply those talents. And we're, we're just grateful to you today, God. That we're not on that side of the fence. That we're just uh, deteriorating or we're just not moving. We're at a standstill. Thank you. Thank you for helping us reinvent ourselves. Thank you for reinventing us and giving us the wherewithal, surrounding us with the people that we need, that will encourage us, surrounding us with the people, God, that will help to to pull us along because we're looking at them and we're looking at them graduating. We're looking at them growing and we're looking at their increase and we want that same, we want that same increase. We want that same growth. So we pull after you, God. We search for you. We hunger and thirst after your righteousness. Because we understand how that will reap. Oh, my goodness. Bountifully. That we give you our all. Because you do it. It belongs to you. And we have to give it to you so you can give us more. We have to give it away to your people so that we can receive more. The more we hold on to, the less we have to receive. 
And we're so grateful, God, for even that that simple concept. That is glaring. It's glaring. It, 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 there's no way you can't see it if we truly belong to you. So we say thank you again, God, for such a wonderful week, dear Heavenly Father. And although, you know, what we may say here may never reach the people that are that that have the power to actually make that change. We give you thanks because we don't know how our prayers are reaching them. God, we pray for every victim we've talked about this week. We pray to Heavenly Father that you just restore, heal, make a new God. And for those perpetrators, Heavenly Father, we're asking you to just turn their lives and change, I mean, just change it. Wherever they are, wherever they are, if they are walking the streets because they've gotten this bail reform or whether they're in jail, we're asking God that you touch their minds, their hearts, their their spirits, their Heavenly Father, that they would want to change, that they are remorseful for what they've done. Even the gentleman who said, you know, if he had to do it all over again, he'd do it the same way. Nah. That's the way he felt at that time. We pray, God, that you just move in him and others like him. That they would wake up and they would hear how you're knocking at the door. And we give you thanks that we're not them. Give you thanks, God, that it could have easily been us but it's not it wasn't and we're gonna hold on God we're gonna hold on we're gonna hold on and trust you for the great things in our life that you would continue to do what you started to do in our life to complete that process and we would position ourselves for that process to be complete and we're not standing in our own way Thank you again for every word that was shared here. We give you the glory and the so that we do your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Yeah, yeah first long week. Our first four weeks in a couple of weeks. And you know, we have a packed week next week, God's prayers. And going forward, we're going to be a little more filled, you know, with our guests. And uh, we're looking forward. We're looking forward to the growth um, at all times. God is continuing to fill us up with people um, and what he's given them. And they are now, in, you know, give it away, you know, for all of the information that people you know, gives and how their you know, experience benefited us here. Um, that's so much sacrifice and so much Up to the 
Oh, our dear grandma, the grandmother. You know, if it weren't for her, there would be no pastor. Um, giving God thanks. You know, she was a part of my life, a very important life. And um, very well missed. And I thought about as dates get closer, you always think about you know, I suppose brothers and my uncle and how they all have so influential in my and just realize you know, that's the pit. But more than anything, her biggest concern was that word of God. Uh, whatever else went on in your life, support but all concern you in every day to hear past but I, I, if it were not fighting woman she had to fight 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 in many ways and I give God thanks today um, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that um, we missed Teresa's birthday happy birthday Teresa giving God thanks for your birthday this year. You know, we have not solidified how we're going to do the birthdays this year, but we want to know that, we want you to know that we love you, we appreciate you, and we thank God for you. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off. And I want to thank my due time crew, our gentlemen, for sending us into another thought-provoking weekend. We thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity. Please don't miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Later is not promised to any of us. Until Sunday and we have the Word Prayer Project. Come on in the room. God spares your life to see what we'll be praying about. Pray with us. Pray for us. And we give God thanks for everything he does for us. Until then, I love you. (laughs) 